We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you Friday evening. It's July 7th. We are in Las Vegas. Just got back from Thomas and Mack Center. Minnesota Timberwolves played earlier this morning. We stuck around. We watched a little bit of Scoot Henderson, Jabari Smith in the Blazers Rockets game. And then it was a full-on parade for the Victor Wembanyama game. Kyle Tige and I watched that as well. Kyle, day one of Vegas done. We'll dig into the Wolves a little bit, but just initial, you're in Vegas. What, what, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm ready to have a beer. It's been a long day. Uh, pretty cool. It's pretty cool. We were talking about this with, man, I, we've said this a lot, and I know you I always think back to when you wrote that cool article way back about how important it was, like how monumental it was when you kind of started your career coming to this stuff, just to see how far Summer League has grown. Like I was telling some Timberwolves fans' dad earlier today about like, I came here with my dad way back in the day and tickets were $10, sit wherever you want all day. And then it was a hundred bucks to sit courtside, which is like, that's like the greatest deal in the world. And now courtside is just every member of a franchise that's not playing, right? Like, guys that have graduated from summer league that now get to sit next to Jay Cole and, you know, Bomani Joe, like, they're just like, everyone's here. This is some of the lowest basketball, like production and skill compared to what you see during the regular season and during the finals and the playoffs. But this whole week, this weekend, this is the NBA Super Bowl. Everyone's here. Everyone who is anyone. I mean, the Wolves have pretty much a full contingent of their players in town, maybe not Rudy who's and, and Kyle who are doing kind of their getting ready for the FIBA stuff, but like I think Carl's coming to town. Obviously, Ant was all over the place today. Nas, Jordan McLaughlin. So it's just, I always say this every time we do these pods and we're holed up in a hotel room like this, that uh, if you're a basketball fan, this is still the thing to come to because you can, I mean, I was getting chicken strips and it's like, there's David Griffin and yeah. he also wants chicken strips because they're not feeding us. So uh, really cool thing. Uh, Wolves, Looked pretty good, uh, speaking of David Griffin, uh, against the Pelicans today. So cool to see the young guys, cool to see the older guys or the middle-aged guys or the established guys supporting them sitting courtside. So all in all, a good day, uh, but I'm excited to talk and then not talk because you owe me a beverage. <laughs> um, let's start with the Le- Leonard Miller uh, from the Wolves game. Obviously, that's our first real 
look at him. In, I guess when last time we were out here in Vegas, when we were at the Wemby game, he was kind of like guarding Wemby and and played in that game for for G League Ignite. Obviously, our focus was a lot more on him, but at just kind of watching that game, I mean, he was to me pretty clearly the player on the Wolves that that popped the most. Um, I think maybe you go into that game anticipating Josh Minot to you know have 14 rebounds and causing chaos and you know dropping 20 some points or something. Not that Minot necessarily played played terrible. Maybe hoped Wendell Moore would find a way to go for 25, but it was pretty again one game. But Leonard Miller looked like the of the rostered players playing for the summer league team. To me, I, I thought he was the one who looked the most close to being an NBA rotation player in the context of playing a summer league game, yada, yada, yada. That isn't necessarily the right reflection of, you know, I'm not necessarily putting him in the pecking order above Josh Minot or Wendell Moore Jr., but it stood out to me that he looked really comfortable. And at I, I was just kind of thinking that where Wendell clearly didn't have confidence at the beginning of the game and you you know, he's been in the league for a year and and Josh Minot looked like a guy who was his second summer league. He's kind of coming around and Leonard Miller looked like someone who had played in summer league or had played in the NBA before. And it got me thinking about like how the G League Ignite does prepare you in a different way to be a professional basketball player. And I don't know if it necessarily like expedites your curve to being I don't know if that's the best path as a basketball player, but as a professional, I think that showed up to me that he was just like, yeah, I've played a ton of basketball games here in Las Vegas before in this gym or around this gym where people have come to watch. And he he didn't he didn't look phased by it. He looked physically imposing. He looked athletic. He does a little foot flutter when he shoots his threes, which, you know, kind of like makes me go, I don't right, know. Yeah, yeah. But he hit him, you know, and uh, I was I was I was impressed by him that that would that's the, the positive thing that that would I would say stood out to me from this one. Yeah. So to, to go back to Josh and Wendell for a second and we can dive into them more throughout this pod. But uh, they're second year guys. Right. Like a Keegan Murray is or like some of these other like a Shaden Sharp. Um, and usually at this. The cool thing about Summer League, multiple things are cool, but one of them is that the second-year guys just are better, right? I mean, they should be because they've a bunch of reps, played a bunch of minutes. I mean, those guys were contributing factors of their team. So those second-year guys come in, Keegan Murray drops like 42 in the Sacramento Summer League, and then they're like, no, 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 put them in bubble wrap. We'll see you in October. <laughs> Josh and Wendell are also second-year guys. So you kind of like, okay, year two, like they're going to come out and really pop right away. Um, but they didn't have all the reps, right? Like they were, they were redshirted as, as rookies basically. So they came on a little slow, obviously like Wendell's shot, like the notes I wrote down, like obviously Wendell treated this summer league game in Vegas. Like it was a bachelor party cause he was taking all the shots, but even Josh was like kind of slow. Like he, the first six seconds of the game, I think he fouled someone and had a turnover, uh, which he then credited as we'll get into later to maybe just not being a morning person, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so I mean, a little, I mean, you're, not not everything was great. Like they they struggled a little bit, but you kind of give them a different, you kind of grade them differently, right? Than than what uh like the the guys who were drafted last year that played a lot in the NBA. But back to Leonard Miller, it did kind of come full circle for like I don't know you and I. I know people listen to this all the time. Like they know now by now. We went to preseason last year. We watched Lakers Wolves, and we went over and watched Scoot and Wemby. 
And I remember watching Leonard Miller. And then I remember, for whatever reason, they let you and I go into the post game and start asking those guys questions with other media people. And uh, like the the G League coach at the time, he said what you just said. This is this is not college. Even college and NIL and all these guys are getting paid now. Like we, this is a business. This is a full time job when you show up. And Leonard Miller plays like a professional basketball player. Like he plays like a guy who came from it's, overseas. It's like, a, it's like a weird juxtaposition though, right? Because as a basketball player, like skill wise, he's clearly raw. Super raw. Y- you know? Super raw. But like he I don't know. That that's what's sticking with me. He's like mentally doesn't seem as raw as I maybe would have anticipated, right? The the game itself being 19 years old, like it's gonna take him a while to be be a great athlete, but also a functional athlete. But yeah, it, it it stood out to me that he seems comfortable, and and then watching that happen in the first quarter when Wendell Moore clearly did not, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 that you know, I, I think I, I was listening to Ryan Rosillo when I was on the the plane here, and he said something like, "With summer league, summer league's good for like confirming your biases, like <laughs> yeah, for positive yeah, or yeah. negative, and if it's not that, just ignore it." I don't know if I agree with that completely, but I'll take the the, the former part. Um, I do. And I think I saw a lot of the positive biases that I had with, with Leonard Miller and the physicality, the, the size, he, he, he looks against other pro players, like probably the most physically imposing player on the floor there, uh, tonight. And, and that stands out too. So I've then found myself like looking for like smaller things that I haven't seen when I watched like a G League Ignite game or two or just watching the clips. And I think the the one thing that I just put in my notes that surprised me is I kind of liked his passing. Yes. And yeah, was... and the the oop, I'm sure like if people if you missed the game, maybe seen that on Instagram or whatever. But it, it was like I get kind of like functional passing. And and for a player like Leonard, who is not going to be a shooter, the at least at the beginning of his career. Right. You need to find other functional tools that can that you would be able to use to, you know, c- to contribute to your game offensively. That that's right. That's going to be the swing skill with him. We know he's going to be able to rebound. We know in time as he learns defenses physically, he's probably going to be a good defender. But how much is his how much of his offense is going to limit him versus like push him ahead? And the the passing did stand out to me. He was asked about the 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 lob to to mine out, but he also got into the passing a little bit. I want to play that clip right here. Oops. Hold on, we'll we'll get there. That you threw to Josh, like how comfortable do you feel throwing that pass, and like how's that chemistry starting to build here? Um, I mean, uh, I'm a I'm a good passer. I feel like um, I'm sort of underrated in that sense. Um, I share the ball. Um, I get my teammates involved, and then making a play like that is nothing to me. Like um, I do that. Um, it's in my game, and I'm, I'm sure even anywhere I throw it at the rim, um, he can even be a bad pass, he's going to catch it because he, he's just bouncy. Um, the stuff he does in practice and what I see from him, I'm sure uh, he could catch any, any lob I throw to him. That also, to, to kind of flip over from him too and, and talk about passing, like people who watched the game or looked at the box score and saw Wendell not making shots, I, I did put in my notes too that he also looked like a functional passer in this. We saw Wendell kind of playing some points, pseudo points, secondary playmaker stuff. And 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 that that stood out to me a, a little bit too. Obviously, there's 
you know, that there's the open questions about Wendell Moore Jr. of what what is he going to be? What I always say whenever we talk about him, which has not proven to be that often uh, in, in his first years, I'm still looking for what Wendell Moore Jr.'s NBA skill is. And it feels like we're trying to do the uh, jack of all trades, master of none. But like even the pile of the jack of all trades, like isn't feeling all that big. And if I'm looking for something, I think with Wendell Moore Jr., it is as that secondary playmaker. And whether it's this year or a year down the line or something, when he's out there on the floor with an Anthony Edwards, with a Mike Conley, or just, you know, Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed player like that, who's going to get a lot of offensive attention. Can Wendell Moore Jr. be a guy that you can swing it to? And they had to close out on the jumper. I think that's an open question still. But if he if the jumper's there enough, can he be a one-two dribble guy and find another shooter around the basket or or a lob to Rudy or something like that? And while that wasn't a good Wendell Moore Jr. game, and he said as much afterwards, that was just one thing I had in my head going into this summer league, knowing we were going to get a chance to watch Wendell. What can he show me that will lead me to believe there is one strong NBA skill in there? And then kind of be the jack of all trades um, around that. What 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 stood out to you uh, about Wendell? Obviously, it was he was not making shots at all early. Well, they had Finch on, I think NBA TV or something during the game, and he used the term. I think he described him as a utility infielder because I asked Wendell about that after the game, and uh, he I don't think he kind of knew where I was going with it, but he just more of like a hey, you're the coaching staff, you know, this organization kind of thinks you're solid at a lot of stuff and you can fill a lot of holes and play a lot of roles. I mean, that's like, you know, his, his rookie moment was that game where he like spot started or ever and got to guard, guard job. job Moran yeah. and he did a really good job. And I think that's what this organization wants from him is basically like, can you just be a m- more tools, more options, Jordan McLaughlin, right? Like I, I don't, I still haven't seen, I mean, he looks bigger by the way. He looks like he, like any second year guy has put on some weight, but I don't know. It's, it's, he still hasn't shown you like it would have been great today if he was five for seven from three. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, he, he wasn't afraid to let it rip. You could see his confidence kind of melting in the heat of the moment, literally just an in inconsistent shot mechanics. So it's like he shot a yeah. couple right in front of us. And I'm like, that's not what the last one looked like. And I mean, he, he's not getting on the floor for this team until there is any confidence in, in that jumper from Finch. And if he doesn't have confidence in himself, with that jumper, I mean that that's just got to be step one. I thought it was encouraging as the game went on in the fourth quarter. He made he made he, some buckets there, but he he did, and I don't think any of them counted. I didn't check the box score, but he did have a couple times where he like really pinned a guy like a ball on the backboard. Like he would come out of nowhere and like help side and get a block. So his I think his IQ was really high. I mean, you also got to think too, just to kind of run it back. I I thought we would never do this again and talk about the Gobert trade, but like. You draft Walker Kessler. That's kind of like uh, your, your first first round pick and kind of a home run move. Um, and then you draft Wendell. They might have just been like, we like that kid. He He's the Tim Connolly hard worker. You know, you don't have to babysit him type thing. But they might have just seen a guy at that moment. It's like, I think we described it as kind of a higher floor, lower ceiling. I haven't maybe seen the higher floor part yet, but I'm starting to see the lower ceiling. But I, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to give up on the kid. I. He shot his way back into it a little bit. He had some, you know, winning plays in a summer league game in the fourth quarter. Um, it's just going to be extra hard for him. Like it is extra hard for Jordan McLaughlin 
two different guys. But watching this summer league, I told you today about the whole, like, could I get a bucket in this if I played three minutes? Uh, and the answer, by the way, just for the crazy, like, no. Um, <laughs> the, he, he's not an elite. He's not elite, like, speed. He's not an elite jumper. He's not, like, elite length. So he's already, he's not Josh, right? Like, Josh has all those things. He can jump high. He can run fast. He's long. He doesn't have those things. So it's just going to be harder for him to carve out a niche on this roster. But the only thing I would say again is that if there was any position that he has a hole ready to be filled, it's like that backup guard or playing alongside Ant if Ant's playing the point guard. So yeah, you kind of turned me onto that as when we were doing pods or just texting over the course of the summer. And we a big thing has been like, you know, what are they going to do at the backup point guard position? And obviously that was before the Shake Milton thing yeah, came yeah, yeah, to yeah. fruition. And we talked about oh Kyle Anderson get more of that, yada, yada, yada. And you're like, well, you never mentioned Wendell Moore Jr. And maybe that's just me showing what I think of what I've seen of him thus far. But to your point, if it works, that's what the role looks like for him, right? Is the Jordan McLaughlin kind of third point guard type of deal as maybe it's alongside Ant um, at times or like maybe playing next to Shake Milton at, at some point where he's not the only handler out there. But again, like what I said, and I have concerns about the shots. I have concerns about the confidence. But if I'm looking, again, for things that he can do and contribute, I think it is going to be that solid. It's got to be like the Tyus Jones, like low turnover. I'm I'm going somewhere with my dribble and I'm getting off of it quick or I'm getting all the way to the rim. Or I'm getting to a floater like he needs to be more decisive and lean into that playmaking. I think that has to be the Wendell Moore Jr. thing. Otherwise, I mean, like we're, we're talking about a team with a financial tax crunch coming, and it's no guarantee that, you know, he's probably set to make four or five million bucks in that, in the, his fourth year of his contract. Like, they have options on on that stuff. Like, he needs to show these those things, I would assume. He has to show something. He has to show that NBA skill. Or he he's just not going to be part of the big picture here. He he's a he's a little bit that's a good comp by the way. Not just because they're Duke guys, but he is like a little bit Tyus without the stones. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like literally, like he's literally Tyus without the confidence. And talking to him, I mean, he is. And this is one of the cool things you don't really always get to see. Like he's a great kid, and he mm. he he's made mention that like he's he knows he's not playing well and he's not hitting shots. I mean, he <laughs> kind of laughed about it, but. Uh, it, I'll play that quick. They're the beginning of, of of this clip. Wendella, shooting wasn't going early. Like, how did you kind of just navigate the game when the shot wasn't falling and try to find other ways to be impactful? Yeah, uh, I mean, that was rough early, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> but um, not really. Uh, I think for me, I just really want to focus on more leading, like just leading my team. Really, uh, I mean, like you said, my shot wasn't falling, but I knew. I, I can I I could contribute on defense. I could uh, I can still keep our pace up on offense, and I get I can get guys open and things like that. Um, I mean, so for me, I mean, I knew the shot was gonna fall sooner or later. Uh, it didn't happen to the fourth quarter, but um, I mean, we still win the game. Uh, again, that's all that matters to me, and I think I did a a pretty good job leading that team. So how comfortable? Are we'll leave it there with with, with him. But it, the awareness—that's what you're talking about, right? He is probably, and again, I want to give him a chance. I do want to, I, I don't, now I'm c- contradicting myself. I don't know how much of a chance he can get on what I think is maybe even a deeper team 
this yeah. next season than last season. And the one thing I said that was right of last season, like this is the deepest team in franchise history. So I don't know how he's going to carve that niche, but there's nothing wrong with being like the fifth best player on the court for whatever rotation you're in. I feel like that's what he was drafted to be. And that's what I'm starting to think that, you know, and this is now more of a Tim Connolly conversation for a hot second, but like the Walker Kessler pick was kind of in and of itself. So let's put it on the left. And then like Minot and Leonard Miller and even like a Jalen Clark, like these are some high upside guys that also could just bottom out and use kind of a dime a dozen them. Uh, the Wendell Moore pick was kind of in the middle. It's like, he's not, so like I said, he's not the super high ceiling, but what is his floor? Maybe they just wanted to go get a semi-cheap kind of glue guy. But then, as you said, too, because I don't know why we were talking about that earlier today, but it's like that fourth-year option when it comes down the road, that's not a cheap glue guy. That's a, you know, half of the mid-level or something. Or yeah, It's like what you signed Shake Milton for or yeah. Troy Brown Jr. for. Like, the, there's going to be an opportunity cost to that. And, I mean, we're not ruling out. He's one year into his career. He's gotten very little. NBA playing time. He's got, I I think it is important though, that he shows the coaching staff something here again, that, that I think he has to show him shooting. Cause I think we've seen enough. I mean, I really, truly like go back and watch it. There were some flashes I thought today defensively, but his role would be, yeah, playing next to Ant in like a second unit when Ant's on the ball and you need him to space. I mean, you know, Jordan McLaughlin killed him last year too, by missing a lot of open threes. So it's basically going to be who makes more threes in training camp. Right, Jordan or Wendell, and they're probably going to be the guy that has like, you know, because I know Jordan Reese or the Jordan's back again for another year, and they really like him in the organization. But Wendell's a first round pick; like he's making probably more money than Jordan, so that'll be an interesting battle because we know uh, NBA Man of the Year Mike Conley, Minnesota Mike, greatest guy in the world, is probably only going to play 60, 65 games at max. So that backup point guard spot, yeah, Kyle Anderson can do it, yeah, point amp, but that is like one of the big things that as we flip the calendar, September, October, whatever. That's going to be one of the things we talk about every day. Let's grab our first break and then want to get into Josh Minot a little bit more. Today's show is brought to you by the Genesis Company. As an entrepreneur, do you envision your innovative products on retail shelves? If that is you, then listen up. The Genesis Company is your guide to retail triumph. Their expert team has aided over 300 brands, generate more than $3 billion in retail sales, and is dedicated to transforming your dreams into reality. The Genesis Company amplifies your brand's potential by leveraging advanced marketing strategies and the latest technology. They specialize in extending direct-to-customer brands into mass retail and enhancing retail brands, DTC, or Amazon presence. But they offer more than just marketing. From retail consulting, packaging, and sales strategies to operations, financing, and supply chain management, they provide a comprehensive end-to-end solution. And here's the best part. The Genesis Company is invested in your success. They're not just a service provider. They're your partner in growth. When your brand wins, they win too. If you're ready for the next level, contact them today at grow at thegenesiscompany.com. Let's scale your brand together. Today's episode is brought to you by Hyacinth Restaurant. And summer in the NBA means the off-season, but summer is also absolutely the season at Hyacinth Restaurant in St. Paul. The team at Hyacinth is working tirelessly to bring you the most delicious, vibrant food the state of Minnesota has to offer. The chefs, they're hitting all the metro farmers markets and partnering with local farms so you know you're getting the freshest, most in-season products that you can get your hands on. I've been to Hyacinth a bunch of times for special occasions or just the casual impromptu meal, and I think they excel at both. I love getting 
the staple menu items, the Bucatini Casio e Pepe. I've loved there and uh, I've gone with Kyle a couple times. His favorite is the chicken parm. But they do surprise me every time with an array of seasonal dishes that I didn't get on my last visit. And I think that's the best thing about Hyacinth. I get I get the comfort of a reliable standby and the feeling of discovery all in the same meal. So make a reservation on their website, hyacinthstpaul.com, to select a seat at a table, the bar, or the summer-only sidewalk patio. That's Hyacinth Restaurant on Grand Avenue in St. Paul. All right, Kyle, uh, let's get into your boy, uh, Josh Minot. Well, I actually want to just like play his entire post-game uh, media availability one, just because I, I don't think there was any like cameras there. So for Wolves fans, you might just, I mean, he's he's just a, he's a great quote and we should put that out there somewhere into the ether because we were there recording it. Um, but but just first to, to talk about a little bit of, to set the scene, because I mean, I don't know how many people on Friday afternoon were actually there and watching the this, this game. Way more than you think. Bunch <laughs> yeah. of sickos and I love it. <laughs> um, but. The thing I put down in my notes, what what stood out to me, and and this is kind of again when we've seen in flashes even of of, of garbage time, we know that that Josh Minot is a vertical athlete, right? And there's actually just a ton of those in, in the league. Like that in and of itself guarantees you nothing. It's it's the ability to like kind of functionally, I keep saying functional, but like functionally go somewhere with that and. The sneaky speed and power with which I think he raises up is going to make him, whenever the time comes that he's in an NBA rotation, that he is going to be a guy who kind of, I think, stuffs the, the counting stats, right? Where it's like, oh man, Josh Minot, again, which we've seen in garbage time, it's like, oh, he played six minutes in this game. How did Josh Minot have 11 points and seven rebounds in garbage time? Like, I, I think that's what he is. He can, he can use that size and go finish up over kind or around anyone. It is extremely functional athleticism. He's put on, I I mean, I would say from last summer league, what, like, I I don't want to exaggerate it, but 10, 15 pounds, it looks to me like that. And I know a cynic would be like, well, all these guys put on weight. That's not necessarily true because there's other guys I saw this year that we also saw last year that just maybe didn't put on that weight. Josh has such a tall, long, lean, like, you know, he's the size of Texas. He's not like Wendell's the size of Rhode Island. So (laughs) when you add on weight to Texas, it might not always look the same, but he has definitely gotten thicker. He was banging a little more. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, again, that's another thing. Without losing the pop. Exactly. Yeah. Well, he he didn't look like he lost. I mean, he looks faster and stronger and he, uh, he's just a really, I don't know. I mean, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but like the one thing I took away just to kind of steal your thunder is that uh, he was a fan favorite last year for us because of some of the interviews he did, the lawnmower nickname, which we're going to get into. Um, he just seemed last summer like a guy who was so happy to be there. Mm-hmm. And that's how Leonard Miller was today because Leonard Miller, he, does a bu- he doesn't stop moving on offense. He doesn't stop talking on defense. And when he's not on the court, he doesn't stop smiling. That's <laughs> Leonard Miller. But Josh, as you'll hear in this, po- in this post-game interview, which I think is really cool you're going to play the whole thing, he, uh, he seems very businesslike yeah. and not, no, no like hard feelings towards organization or Finch or whatever. That dude's going to have a major issue. If you tell him he's spending most of his fall and winter in Des Moines, he he's, he's ready to contribute to this roster. Yeah. So uh, again, we're going to, 
play this like full full five minute clip. This was just his media availability afterwards. And I mean, part of the attraction to Josh right now is I think he's fun to watch on the floor, but he's he's up there for me and the players I've covered of just funny, transparent, and uh, genuine. And what what is his line? He says a million times in this. I've listened to it before. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. I don't like breakfast. Uh, <laughs> uh, so so here's here's Josh Minot after the game uh, when when we got the chance to interview. Him. Out there, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. Uh, a little bit of a slower start. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't played organized basketball in, you know, a few months. Uh, you know, we just really be in the gym, just grinding. Uh, even when we do grind, you know, it's a lot of ones, twos, threes. You know, just working on individual games, stuff like that. So uh, it was good to be back out there in a, a jersey. You know, um, hate these morning games, bro. Like, <laughs> I never really been like a breakfast person, mm. so it's like. Bro, I was working on fumes, man. Like, I, I don't like breakfast food too much. Yeah, I'm not, bro, just being transparent, bro. Like, yeah. I felt like I was going to, like, almost puke, like, the second half. And it wasn't because, like, you know, out of shape, blah, blah, but I'm not going to lie. Like, probably going to try and work on nutrition a little bit. But I don't think we have any more, like, morning games like that. Though. I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I think, like, now it's, like, you know, 7 p.m., all that. So, you know, I should get a good lunch and all that. So. How did you uh, – so when, when you don't have it early, how are you navigating and just trying to – grind through it and find your rhythm uh, i'm just trying to play through my teammates uh you know make uh, good defensive plays you know just cheer on my teammates uh i feel like that's where i you know find that energy uh you know i mean i know last year they deemed me the lawnmower or whatever but uh i mean i'm not gonna lie the energy begins with my teammates you know i mean they're always lifting me up uh, you know so i had a slow start you know they they're right there by my back and uh you know, it's just good to have a, a group of guys like that behind you how, how much different does it feel i guess second time around in this like last year all of this was new to you and now, now you're kind of doing it. I'm not going to lie. It's the same thing to prove. Yeah. Uh, you know, last year had no respect. This year, no respect. Uh, so I'm just trying to go out there and uh, just show what I can do. You know, show the coaching staff. You know, I'm not really playing for the world. You know, I'm playing for the organization. Uh, you know, I'm just trying to do the things that they're telling me to do. And, uh, you know, if that's not the flashiest, the most cool thing, that's whatever. But, you know, I'm here to play for the Timberwolves. You know, I mean, the fans aren't, you know. I'm not under contract with the fans. <laughs> Do you have to fight Leonard off for some of these rebounds? I'm not going to lie, man. Hey, he was hustling crazy today. I'm not going to lie. But nah, nah I'm not going to lie. Like, if he got a rebound, man, I'm going to let him. Yeah, nah, you got to let him, you know, just. But, uh, I mean, shoot, I'm not going to lie. Like, I know the coaches are telling him, like, yo, they basically give it, like, the same thing to say, you know, just, like, keep going for offensive boards, all that. And, you know, I'm not trying to clash because, I mean, I'd rather one of us get it than, you know, that world famous, you know, two people go for the ball and everybody's like, ah, yeah, and, you know, but uh, nah, man, he was, he was incredible today, you know, going after the boards, um, you know, big threes, uh, you know, presence down low. I mean, he did it all today, so, you know, props to them for sure. You were uh, guarding Dyson Daniels there, kind of more of the perimeter defensive type of role. How have you kind of honed that and how can that be kind of, you know, one of the things that you can bring to the to the big club too is guarding on the perimeter? I'm not going to it was fun. Um, you know, it got me a couple times, you know, but like I said, you know, just first organized basketball game. Uh, I mean, that's what I'm working on all summer, you know, I'm guarding in all summer basically, you know. Uh, so it's just like, it's a, it's a good challenge uh, to be able to guard, you know, just perimeter players. Uh, to show the wide range of, you know, players I can guard, positions. And, uh, I mean, I hope to, you know, continue to show that. You get amped a couple times? Hey, man. <laughs> too many, too many uh, mics. <laughs> <laughs> this is your second year here in Summer League. What's, what's the part of your game that you want to show off? Like, what's the part that you think you've developed the most since year one? 
Uh, I'm not going to lie. I mean, uh, probably just that defensive aspect. Uh, you know, honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was nowhere near satisfied with how I performed today uh, defensively. Uh, I felt like it was a lot of times to pressure the ball a lot more. Uh, a lot of floaters over me that could have gotten. I mean, definitely fouled too much. I mean, shit, NBA, I mean, I'm out, you know. <laughs> not glad I last fouled, though, if you replay it. I'm not sure if anybody's going to, you know, actually look this up. But uh, <laughs> it was DJ, his leg. You know, not mine that tripped them, but that's besides the point. You know, I was nowhere near, to be honest, but I knew the ref was going to call it on me, so I could see it in his eyes, but it definitely wasn't me. So I really finished a five, but. That, um, that, that lack of respect you were talking about, like your second round pick, uh, Leonard was second round pick. Like, do you guys talk about that? Like, is it like a chip on your shoulder thing? Like, you want, you're out to prove something? Oh, uh, that's every day. Honestly, I feel like that would, it, it would have been that chip, you know, no matter where I went. Uh, but I know I definitely need that, uh, just disrespect factor, not from the draft or anything like that, but just more just, you know, people don't really, uh, I guess, comprehend what I can do, uh, just what I'm capable of. And uh, I feel like Leonard's coming in with almost that same, uh, basically that same chip on his shoulder, you know, the same disrespect. Uh, I know we probably both expected to go a tiny bit higher, but, you know, uh, no, it's great playing alongside of him. You know, I see that same hunger I see in myself, and uh, I feel like we'll do big things this summer league for sure. How would you summarize what it is that you do? Because, I mean, even for us, you know, we've only seen, like, a couple of yeah, games yeah. here and bit minutes during the season. Like, how would Josh might not describe how – he is as a player. I'm not glad I do whatever a team needs. Um, I know that's like a weird answer, but I mean, I guess like to really go in depth about it, um, you know, Timberwolves, I know we've had a lot of foul trouble in the past, um, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, rebounding issues, stuff like that. And uh, those are like, you know, holes I plan to, you know, fill on this team. Um, you know, I mean, it's, you know, it's a business overall. You know, they're not trying to see me come down and jack five threes, you know, they're trying to see me come down, lock up, you know, best players, stuff like that, cut. Um, a lot of just off ball actions, uh, you know, screening, rolling, slipping, um, you know, being able to knock down, you know, corner three if need be, you know, just. But overall, I just say, like, in terms of what I can do, I mean, it's whatever a team's missing. And uh, right now, I feel like, you know, up top, you know, definitely need some rebounding, uh, good defensive presence, and uh, someone to cut alongside, you know, the stars that we have. I'll let you take the first word on that one, Kyle. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Do you know who, game aside, don't don't think about their actual games or physiques or whatever. Do you know who he is? Like, do you know who his comp is on this organization? It's Nas. Mm. It's Nas Reed, right? When we got to interview Nas, those early years, you know, undrafted, kind of a pudgy kid, had no, I mean, had a lot of tools, but what what was his game? What was he good at? Right. Uh, and I, I think I told you a couple of weeks ago, he was one of the five greatest moments in franchise history by him re-signing and getting paid after all his hard work. That's who I, that's who I think of when I see Josh and it has nothing to do with how they play or their style. Josh, I think is their next Nas in the term in the just, he's going to make someone lose minutes. He's just going to put himself out there because again, like his business, like mentality, <laughs> that whole seven minute segment started with Krasinski just being like, like, hey, man, what's up? Right. <laughs> and he went off on breakfast and then, like, his level of disrespect, like, no respect last year, no respect this year. I mean, I thought that was kind of telling. It was also when they were doing practice this, earlier this week and some of you guys were there, like, doing media stuff. He had another comment about, like, feeling disrespected. So I think it's a theme for him. I think he gets to the gym every day and he's pissed off. He's like, I, okay, I redshirted last year, but, like, I'm, I'm here to play basketball and I'm here to play basketball at the highest level in this organization. So... I of when they play again on Monday night against I think not Atlanta who do they play on Monday? I should know that, but yeah, I don't. Okay, good good podcasting bias. Uh, I'm excited to see him on Monday more than I'm excited to see Leonard Miller mm. because 
he started slow. He said it himself, like the first six seconds were a disaster. You know, Perkins needs to hook him up, but he just needs to just get out in transition, be aggressive, be physical. And I thought every quarter he played tonight was better than the quarter he played before. Yeah. I I thought, um, so like when the Leonard Miller pick happens, right? The, I, I've said this before, but the first thing that goes off in, in my head is, okay, well, you have three centers on the team already. Um, and I kind of view Josh Minot as a four. And he's also someone like you that I, I believe, despite being the 45th overall pick, I, I, I think he's going to be a rotation player uh, in the NBA. And so you start like, obviously you have the, the glut of, of bigs in the, in the rotation already, but then you kind of, even in your bench or like even the bottom five guys on your roster, it's like kind of feeling like too many bigs too. And Luca Garza back in the mix on top of that. And whether or not it's because this team has so many centers or, or not, it's pretty clear to me that they are trying to groom Minot into being more of a three, four. Mm-hmm. And, and there is maybe not day one of the season when everyone's healthy. There isn't room, I, I don't think, for Josh Minot to be in the rotation then. But it it's a Kyle Anderson week of back spasms away from him maybe being in the rotation, right? If it's at the if it's at the three, or it could even be, you know, one of the one of the guards getting getting hurt, and maybe then you end up sliding things around and Josh Minot's out there as the three. But the first thing I noticed in the game is he's guarding Dyson Daniels. It was the seventh overall pick uh, a year ago. He's the the point of attack of the Pelicans offense. And they said, Josh Minot, you are the guy who is guarding him, not Wendell Moore Jr., who we've seen play that point of attack, a defensive point. role. And I think what they're putting together is if we need to play Josh Minot at at some point this season is more likely than not going to be more at the three tweener type of role that probably just the the three. And I think they're they're trying that out for size right now and finding a way to show point of attack chops. Can you can you cut from above the break rather than the corner? Can you can you handle like a little bit? What is the the jump shot going to look like? I I'm more now as we whenever we get to the point of doing like preseason you know roster predictions and depth charts and that sort of thing i'm gonna put him in that troy brown like forward mix the the torian prince role of a year ago and not as the a backup power forward small ball five that that that's my shift from today and one thing to bring on that because it was one of the first things we talked about when we sat down leonard miller is taller than josh minor mm-hmm. uh and 99 of the people listening to this might be like yeah no shit I did not really know that. Like, I just kind of assumed because Josh is so big, both east and west and north and south, that they were kind of the same size. So I think your idea or this concept that, like, maybe he's more of a three, maybe that's like the groomed backup Jaden thing, right? Uh, He has a little more size to him, but Leonard Miller is taller. And I think Leonard Miller, if you want to get into him anymore, as we kind of go through summer league and go through this preseason and stuff, he he is that groomed power forward. Leonard Miller could not have been on the Wolves roster a couple of years ago when they kind of blew that series to the Grizzlies. But if Leonard Miller was on the roster, they would not have been out-rebounded the way they were out-rebounded because going back to Wendell or Josh, the one thing, I know you said like Leonard Miller is passing with pretty good. The one thing Leonard Miller has already 
damn near elite at. And he was elite when we watched him in the Scoot and Wemby game last fall. He is going to steal. Leonard Miller, and I know we can't joke about this stuff, but like Rudy is going to probably punch Leonard Miller at some point because Leonard's going to steal rebounds from him. (laughs) Because, I mean, we asked him about that after the game too. Like Leonard just goes for everything. He's not afraid to put his body in there. So just, I know we're talking about Josh, but Leonard's more of a traditional kind of four. And Josh, I think, again, he, he did finish with 20 points, seven for 13 from the field. He didn't hit either of his threes. I don't even think he took one until the second half. Um, it's pretty hard to play a three if you can't space the floor. So I still think that's something you're kind of maybe hoping to see on Monday or Wednesday or Thursday of next week when they kind of continue playing. But uh, I just thought it was cool to see him get better in every quarter. He's gotten better since he arrived in Minnesota last summer. Uh, but there's also that just Nas-like edge to him of, you know, like I remember Hollinger thought like I had Josh Minot back a year ago in the top 15 on my board, uh, Leonard Miller, another guy. So the Wolves are finding these kind of guys that are hard workers. You don't have to babysit like Tim Conley loves, but also have a chip on their shoulder. And I think if nothing else, some of these guys aren't going to pan out, right? You got 10 guys on the roster that are under 26. Some of them aren't going to pan out, but you want to have those guys that just kind of have that dog in them. They're like, I'm not worried that Jaden's slotted in at the three or calls at the fork. I want to steal that guy's minutes. Yeah. and to the Leonard Miller being taller point, he's measured six, nine and a quarter without shoes on at the combine that, and you know, he's like light, like under un, like two fifteen. But I remember just like looking it up after it's like the exact same measurements. Nerlens Noel had coming out of, Oh, oh wow. Out, out of, out of college. And I, I think and it doesn't make sense in the context of this roster, but to me, I see Leonard Miller, being a small ball five before anything else. And that's because I, one, I think the jumper is going to unlock him being able to play on the perimeter more, but I see Leonard Miller as a five right now who more so lives in the dunker spot where he can attack like Vando uh, a couple years ago. Like that's the role next to, you know, uh, a cat or a Nas like that, that type of big next to him in, in the front court. And I guess choose your four or five, but I'm, I have Miller like a full position up than I do Josh Minot is where I kind of am at as of July 7th right now. Minot more of a wing and Miller as as more of a big and necessity might push Miller elsewhere. But that's the way that's the way I would view it. Let me let me just uh, grab our second break here and then we can continue going on this stuff. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis, and we would love for you to keep Falling Knife on your radar this summer as you head out of the house in search of patio seating in Minneapolis. Many of you got to know Falling Knife throughout the season for their Wolves watch parties, but if you haven't made it into the tap room, we'd love for you to give it a try this summer. If you are a craft beer fan, I can genuinely recommend their beer in the tap room or otherwise. If I see Falling Knife beer on the menu when I go out to eat around the city, I get it. The Verbal Tip Hazy IPA has been the beer I have drank the most of this summer. I really do recommend heading into the brewery to pick up a pack for yourself or to enjoy one out on the patio at the brewery. Again, as always, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. Today's episode is brought to you by 20 by 20 Solutions, a Minneapolis-based technology consulting company that works with your business to help you build and sustain success. A great front office puts together a winning team with a coach who can put together a winning strategy. When leadership does its job and it all comes together, that means success. 
Success in business isn't any different. Business leaders need to find the right mix of technology, strategy, and talent to make things really work. And that's never been truer for growing companies. 20 by 20's team has helped grow companies from thousands of customers to tens of millions by helping businesses across a wide range of industries, from consumer technology and healthcare to manufacturing and even human spaceflight. Reach out to Clark and Ben, who are Wolves fans and fans of this show, by emailing them at team at 20by20solutions.com. That's T-E-A-M at 20x20solutions.com. And their team will review your needs and help you put together a plan before you need to make any commitments. 20 by 20 solutions, technology, workflow, architecture, strategy. They're your sixth man on a winning team. All right, back with uh, Kyle Tige. Um we, we can keep, I mean, we're talking about kind of the the big group a little bit. I want to mix in a little bit of talk on the actual roster. And I think we can kind of cycle in some of, I mean, we've talked since Nas resigned his contract, but he had his press conference the other day. I think the line that kind of stands out from that press conference is Finch is like, screw it. Maybe we'll play all three of the centers together uh, at the, at the same time. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to like, that's what I'm excited for in the first, even just the first game of the regular season of like, what does this big rotation look like? First five games of the season, whatever uh, with Nas, where is he playing? How much is he playing? How much is Kyle Anderson in the mix? I think we need to actually, well, you need to understand that for like more important reasons of like how good this team is going to be this season and the bigs need to work for this team to be a team that improves next year but it's also like it does trickle down to Leonard Miller and and Josh Minot of like what does the main big rotation look like is Kyle Anderson in that is he a small forward now and then that is what if any of these guys playing in summer league are going to play particularly Minot or Miller that will kind of determine how much space is available in the front court. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it does. And I think it's cool that we can tie into like September, October, November conversations into what we're seeing here early June or July. Uh, I don't I don't know if when a snake sheds its skin, it can have a different color or if the snake is always that color. But Leonard Miller, Josh Minot, even Nas Reed, again, Leonard Miller's 19. I have no idea what he's doing in Vegas tonight. Josh Minot's 20. I also have no idea what he's doing. No, this is like 20, what, 2, 23? 23, yep. They're going to enter. They're running it back, right? They're going to run it back this fall, and they're going to have the same pretty much starting lineup, and it's going to include Carl and Rudy. But I do kind of feel like when all the CBA stuff we've talked about for months, and when this current iteration of them has to shed their skin maybe next summer, yeah, there's a different people that'll be rolling their eyes. There's a different snake <laughs> underneath that level of skin under that iteration. And it's whoever you're going to keep at center. It's just all these freak athletes that are interchangeable and switchable and can do all these things. And it kind of seems like you're drafting these second round gems as guys who I know I don't want to get into the timeline stuff like that really fit the ant timeline. Like these are guys watching Leonard Miller play basketball. I know the alley-oop thing was cool in the moment, but it was also so fluid. Like he saw Josh cut back door and it's, you know, you're in the NBA. It's probably not that hard to make a lob, but it also was not that easy. And it was the perfect lob. And I could just see Leonard Miller thriving in up and down basketball, playing hard-nosed defense, 
the Wolves have never had enough guys that do all the dirty stuff, yeah. right? Like, I mean, Pat Bev was kind of famous for that, but the things that aren't even really box scorable, uh, Leonard Miller is going to be great at that. And I really can't wait. Sometimes too, you see these guys flash and the Ryan Russell, like a conf- you know, confirmation bias, but I want to see them now play with better players. Like I would like to see Josh might not play with floor spacers and stuff so he can get to the rim. more. I'd like to see Leonard Miller just play with high IQ guys that like he knows how to cut. He sees cutters. So, uh, Overall, like a good first game for them. Um, no, but like the the context of your weird snake analogy is like, yes, I mean ninety nine percent chance. I don't know, maybe that's hyperbole, but like one of the three of Cat Nas or Rudy, I don't think are on the team at the start of the twenty four twenty five right. season. Yep. And to that end, if that is true, then drafting or developing these young bigs like Miller and Minot that instantly makes more sense. It's like, okay, a year from now after they've have another year of development, it's easier to picture plugging Josh Minot into the rotation. If there's only two of cat Rudy and Nas, right. Or, or Leonard Miller, you know, for, for that matter too. So neither of those guys are probably going to play much, but in a year when the roster is, slightly different and slightly less top heavy it, positionally then then these guys do make sense and i know we're a, literally a year plus away from that but that's what summer league's about that's what we're trying to figure out those are the only breadcrumbs that exist here right like some of like if you decide a year from now that carl's going to be your center and you're going to try to get off a of rudy or whatever and just cut losses i could see a leonard miller fitting really nice next to a carl right like he's going to get you know carl hasn't always been the best rebounder in the league like Leonard Miller's going to get a bunch of rebounds and protect the rim a little bit. Or, like, if you keep Gobert and you move Carl, like, I could see Josh Minot looking really nice against him. So, why are we talking about this on, like, July 7th when that's a year from now? I just, that's what you kind of figure out here. It's not just about, you know, Wendell missed some shots. It's like, real talk, all these guys that we took Friday off to watch are literally, and none of them, even Leonard Miller, who was, like, my new crush, none of them are playing in October. I really, like, when the regular season starts... I don't think any one of those guys is in the rotation. No. So, like, we're all amped in July, but they're not even going to be a part of the puzzle. But I don't think that that's a bad thing because, again, they're so deep. That's just not the puzzle we're solving right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's for a year plus down the line, just like it was with Nas. I mean, Nas was two years. He plays in Summer League, and it's basically two years where he doesn't, like, play at all for the Wolves and is still developing and we're grabbing some breadcrumbs and garbage time and summer league and this and that, like that's what we're doing with Leonard Miller and Josh Minot and hopefully Wendell Moore jr. So that 12, 18 months from now, maybe you're in a or three years from now, maybe you're in a situation where Josh Minot is having a press conference where he signed a three year, $50 million extension for this team. It's like this, this isn't baseball. Like, Triple A happens on like the 14th and 15th roster spot of NBA rosters. That's that's how it works. And and this is the the time that that we get to that we get. I mean, that's like what I said to to Josh, where he's like, oh, people don't know my game. And I'm like, well, yeah, like I've literally watched every one of your games ever. I don't know it. And I, 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 and I don't I don't know it because we we don't have yeah you know, we don't have that that information necessarily like or not necessarily. We just we just don't. We we haven't seen it. So these are these are the breadcrumbs we have. Obviously, the 
organization gets to see practice and more of that stuff. And that's where that's where a guy like Nas really started showing out in, you know, two, three years ago. It's like, okay, maybe we do have we do have something here. And then the fans and uh, the media, we we see it six, 12 months later once the player actually um, gets on the floor. So it'll be it'll be an interesting thing to track. But I'm again, I, I said my first reaction to when they drafted Leonard Miller and traded draft capital for it, like gut reaction was like, not sure this team needs another center. But in this, that context, when it's looking down the line, down the line, it's like, okay, I, I, I now I get it a little bit more. My last takeaway from the box score was uh, Pelicans had 29 turnovers. Jesus. Uh, and I, I felt every one of them because that was a, there was a moment in that game where there were four charges called in like 25 seconds. And that's when I was like, why am I here? But the back to the, we're going to keep going back to the snake. Now the, 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 the one identity that you're starting to see with this team. And I think this is a Tim Connolly thing specifically, whether it be the Rudy Gobert trade or just every kind of move he's made since then, like a Nikhil or some of these young guys he's drafted. They, this summer league team, even which a bunch of guys kind of thrown together for a week, they guard their asses off and they are play really hard nosed defense. And I, despite having this all world potential shooting guard and these guys that can score and Carl, the best shooting three, you know, big man of all time. Like they want to cut their teeth on playing defense. Uh, and I think that, I mean, again, summer league, you're going to always have a bunch of turnovers, but 29 turnovers was not a number that I remember seeing mm-hmm. for a team. So uh, shout out to Timberwolves summer league coach. I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but Max, Lefevre? Lefevre, I think. I, I meant to ask somebody. because you, you usually get a new summer league coach every year, right? You bring someone up from one of the assistants. He's, he's been on the staff for, for a long time. I think he came in Gerson's first year. But you know what I mean? Though? Like, you only yeah. probably coach summer league once. It's probably all you can yeah. handle. Uh, but he got he came and talked to us for a little bit. He got the bath. So shout out to him. Uh, he was very complimentary about all his young guys. He's also, I know we went hardcore on the three guys of this summer league team that are really part of the future. But uh, that was that Brandon Williams. Yeah, I liked him. Uh, shout out to University of Arizona. He was just another guy too. Uh, and Max, Coach Max, talked about it at the game. Steady, just steady. Does he have a, a future on this team? Absolutely not. Is he maybe? Maybe not. Absolutely not. I mean, just, he's a hooper. Like that guy can hoop. Well, like okay, there's again as of July seventh, there's an open roster spot for the the 15th spot on the roster, you know, maybe that's an Austin Rivers or Austin Rivers equivalent that takes that. But there is a third two-way spot available on this team. Luca Gars is one of those. Jalen Clark is another. And if we had to imagine what the third two-way would be on the team, I would guess it would be a point guard, right? And the likelihood that your two-way comes from your summer league team is decently high, right? So, I, I don't know. I mean, let, let's see. Let's see some more from him, like in in summer league here. But Brandon Williams has played in the league like ten day contracts before. This isn't just like an obscure dude who's like exclusively played overseas. Did he torch the wolves? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> People I listen. It's like I I remember that guy. Yeah, he. I I remember it was like when they were playing like the tanking Blazers two years ago. God, I thought I I thought I recognized him. I'm like, I have Brandon Williams. That's like a pretty common name, right? Like there's probably numerous Brandon Williams on basketball reference, but yeah, he had, he had 27 points against the Wolves um, in a blowout Wolves win in the, what would that have been? 21, 22 season. 
but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I put him down in my notes. He, he stood out. I also wanted to note Mateo Spagnolo uh, was there, but not playing. I'd, I'd heard a, a couple weeks back that he's dealing with some sort of like, I don't know if it's like an oblique sort of thing, but he's been just because I was there for like some draft workouts and he's around like Mateo Spagnolo has been the guy I've seen every time I've gone to the Wolves practice facility like in June. Right. So he's around and part of this. I think he's not playing um, because he's he's dealing uh, with an injury. I don't think he's going to be on this roster this year. I think the plan is for him to to play overseas again uh, next season. But that's I guess speaking of of third point guards, I don't think that's going to be Mateo Spagnolo this year, who was the Wolves' uh, second round pick last season uh, there too. But is that most of our? I was going to say we've just game? did an hour on a summer league game. Uh, do you want to just dump any other random thoughts? Uh, no, I I spent I spent time finally like post Fourth um, of July and have had some time to actually watch Shake Milton. And Troy Brown Jr. So I got I can do another like 15 minute segment if you want to do that on just shake, 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 shake. And uh, and and Troy Brown Jr. I actually looked up some numbers. Just grab one more break. And you cool with doing that? Absolutely. You're, you're going to hold off on a beer for 15 minutes. I'm going to drink now. <laughs> Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy and theater near you. I went to a concert last week and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets It was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third-party website onto my phone. But with the GameTime app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate, and that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the GameTime app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps and you're set, and tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the GameTime app. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code DANEMORE for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DANEMORE, all one word, for $20 off. Download game time today, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. All right, we're back with Kyle Tiger and drag him into one more uh segment here. Uh Kyle, I, I watched I watched Shake Milton. That was the first I felt like I knew Troy Brown Jr., right? when I saw that signing, like he's a pretty, it's a pretty classic role. I'd seen him play with Washington, you know, Lakers games, you'd get exposure to that. Like I understood. So I focused on, I focused on shake Milton first. Finally took some time to, to watch some Troy Brown jr. Um, looked up just some, some stat stuff. And I, I found these two, uh, just going through, going through the numbers. Um, on Troy Brown Jr., he is listed on Cleaning the Glass as a forward. And there were 33 forwards that played over 1,500 minutes last season. And of those 33, only Nicholas Batum and Reggie Bullock had lower usage rates. So he was one of the lowest usage players in the league last season. He basically was a three-point shooter, you know, passed it like secondary assist type of stuff. That that's his game. So I know I was like, okay, but Tomb Block, I can kind of like picture that in my my head a little bit more. And then I was I was going through some more of the the forward different stats with it, and and he shot twenty five percent of all of his shots from the corner, which I wouldn't have known this was that was a super high number, I guess, just in in my head. But of those thirty three forwards who played over fifteen hundred minutes, only two shot a greater more than a quarter of their shots from the corners. And those two players were Reggie Bullock and Nicholas Batum. So I think we can envision that player, right? Where it is just the guy that is out there to space the floor and they are valuable in that role if and when they are a threat to hit shots there. And that, as the maybe 10th, 11th man on this team, I think that, like, Nicholas Batum would be awesome on this team, right? Reggie Bullock would be awesome on this team. But to get that for, like, $4 million that maybe he has a season where he shoots up 153s and he makes 42% of them, I mean, that is what I think we are hoping for in, in Troy Brown journeys. Pretty big body, again, like those guys. I think he's, like, 6'7". Um, you're hoping for a, a 3 and D guy, but that is... So super low usage and is a corner three-point shooter. As I've said many times, NBA Summer League is like the biggest networking opportunity. It's like LinkedIn with basketballs. And you just get to, it's cool because you get to talk to people that cover other teams. You get to share stories. You get to find intel. You get to get to talk to people that, I mean, all the Wolves front office just walking around getting corn dogs. Uh, so I I did talk to someone from the Lakers. And the cool thing he said about Troy Brown, is like, oh, congrats on signing Troy Brown or whatever. Uh, he's like, I was like, what do you think about him? He goes, well, LeBron loved him. And that's all that's all you need to know. So that's good, right? I mean, like, just like, I don't know, that fits into like the low usage, high IQ. I can trust him in the corner. I am, and he he addresses one of the needs that I don't think you or Britt or any, I don't think we talk enough about, but the team just might still not have enough shooting. I still yeah. sometimes find myself worried about the shooting on this team. Troy Brown's gonna give you that. 
I have the most mixed emotions when it comes to Troy Brown, even though LeBron loves him. Great guy, you know, pretty cheap contract, low usage, because that is the one guy that you're going to have to sacrifice to give Josh or Leonard a chance. (laughs) And that's kind of where I'm torn, right? Because you're not going to sacrifice Kyle. You're not going to sacrifice one of your three bigs. We're all making a ton of money. Jaden's going to have his role. Uh, I'm sure, like you said, the season is so long. You're going to have those stretches where Kyle pulls a hamstring or Carl's out or, you know, whatever. But I just can't find myself getting super amped up about a guy who fits and addresses so many needs without, you know, having to eat right away. He's like, I'll eat last because it's like, yeah, well, I'd rather Josh eat. (laughs) Like That's as simple as it is for me. But by uh, all accounts, great guy, nice little signing. Obviously, as you said, like what, one and one kind of contract. So team option next year, keep, keep a little flexibility. But he does address the lack of shooting on this team. And I know they have Carl and they have Jaden and Ant and but Mike. Particularly but, with TP out. Like, yeah, like, I mean, because that was almost like the swap, right? Yeah. Like, you kind of swapped <laughs> TP to LA for, for Troy yeah. Brown. But uh, I'm excited to see him play because he has, he kind of fits my type, but he has an athletic, you know, 6'7 body. Uh, he, he probably plays nothing like him. He kind of gave me like Trevor Reza vibes. Like Trevor Reza could be like low usage, play a little defense, just hit threes. So it'll be interesting to see how Finch uses him. But for that guy, I mean, I'd rather kind of talk about shake. That is a guy that at bare minimum or best case scenario, whatever you want to say, he's got to be like the ninth man, 10th man in rotation right now. Cause he got paid. He's new, but I also wouldn't be shocked if like, he's a guy that they trade at the deadline or just is, cheering for the team come January, February, March, because, and this is good, Leonard Leonard Miller took a spot, or Josh took a spot. Yeah, Shake, we can move over to Shake. I think that is the one that it's easier to picture an immediate role. Uh, it's good that you brought up the shooting. This team does need shooting, and Trey Brown, I think, is that is the way they, they adjust it this offseason. We also talk all the time about needing additional playmakers, needing this team, needing another point guard, and that's where shake theoretically fits in i mean i think it's cut and paste the jalen noel role right shake milton is if jalen noel figured it out yes and and i think a lot of that is you know going to be about like these marginal players are is like are you gonna hit shots or you're not gonna hit shots i just like pulled up some of his um like advanced numbers and and last season he was 48th percentile overall as a player in effective plus minus, you know, average player. But for like five million bucks, that's a pretty big win. That was driven by his offense. He had above and a well above average offensive season. That's because he made 38% of his threes. His only other year he was above average offensively was his second year in the league. And that's because he made 43% of his threes. So Shake Milton is not only a, a three-point shooter, but to like kind of drive and differentiate from just kind of being an end of the bench sort of guy. It is going to be about can he can he hit some threes while also doing the Jalen Noel get to the basket thing. I think that's that's and I think Finch, I think Finch really craves that that skill set. I think there's a lot more on the line um in terms of the need of Shake Milton than there is Troy Brown Jr on this roster and and so much of that just has to do with the lack of point guards on the roster and being a little bit more filled up on the wing where Troy Brown would play. Yeah, that was that's another one of my like long ta- long-term 30,000 foot views of this roster. I was talking to that one guy who covers the Kings and 
like, oh, you have, you have a lot of big guys. Like, and not just talking about the, the traditional three guys that are making on the money, mm-hmm. but just like the Leonard Miller, or the Josh Minot stuff, like these, you just got a lot of size. He's like, you don't, wait, what, what, what do you have behind Ant? <laughs> right. And it's a good question because it's like, they don't have, with Jalen Noel's departure, very likely, I mean, he's kind of going to go figure out his own thing. Uh, and Shake Mill's not long term, but they just don't have a lot of like backup guards that can mm-hmm. score and facilitate and do all the things you just talked about. So, and again, Mike Conley will be this team's starter, but, and I don't even know, I mean, this is, again, we're doing roster and rotation stuff in July, but I don't even know if Mike missed a game or a week or whatever. Like, I don't know if Shake's going to be the guy that starts. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't think I so. think Shake would have a good role off the bench. You were watching clips and stuff like any, any concern? Cause this is one of the topics that kind of came up through the fan base where like he kind of would fall out of rotations completely in Philly. Yeah. That, that part's hard to say without, you know, I mean, we know how it goes when you're like, you need to kind of watch a team yeah, all yeah, the time yeah. to understand ro- rotations. I, I think he's always been in Philly and that's just been a weird, like he's been in Philly for the Gobert, or not the Gobert, sorry, the Embiid time when it really became Embiid's team, all NBA, eventually MVP player. And they just were always bringing guys in and out of the team over the course of over the course of Shake's time there. And so I don't know, I guess the glass half full is it isn't that he wasn't deserving or as bad or something. It's they just wanted to give wing minutes to DeAnthony Melton, who they brought in, or even like a PJ Tucker, like those sort of things. And he just kind of got pushed down or became optional outside of it. I saw like noticing some of when I watched like some of the games where he played a lot more were games that Harden didn't play. And his role kind of looked like that and, and more in a, of the second unit. But really, the a major initiator at, at the top of the floor and in in a game when James Harden wasn't playing, really having the ball in his hands a lot, which I think, I mean, Jalen Noel is the comp here. We've saw that over the course of time with Jalen Noel. It's like DMP out of the rotation completely into, okay, now you're playing 26 minutes and you might be second on the team in shots like that's what I think um Shake Milton is the one stat I had that that stood out to me when I was looking at it was that he's a a low volume three-point shooter um which I I wouldn't have just known that from popping in on watching Sixers games from you know over the course of the season like he shot 25% 25% of his shots were threes, so only one one in four of his shots were threes. And I was like, oh, I'm going to look at that in the context of the Wolves. So Gobert shot threes the least frequency, at, at the lowest frequency, 0% of his shots. Kyle Anderson was 19%. So it's like kind of... Kyle Anderson, 19% of his shots were threes, and Jalen Noel, 34% of his were threes. Though, obviously, with Kyle Anderson and Jalen Noel having watched them we can picture that's not three-point shooting is is a secondary clearly a secondary skill for them and the same is the case for shake milton he shot significantly fewer threes than jalen noel did relative to his overall volume and it's a it's a shot profile that looks like jalen noel it's also one that looks like like a colin sexton markel fultz when i was just looking up some of those numbers like he shoots a lot of his shots from the rim or kind of that floater range. And and I, I'm glad we have the Jalen Noel example because I think that's what it's going to look like 
is is a Jalen Noel type role. The Noel not coming back opens that up, and then the shot profile really makes it seem to me like yeah, we're just hoping this is a better this is a better Jalen Noel. I think that's what that signing is. I I really like it by the way. Like I I might have come off as a little cool on it. Uh, I think uh another talking to someone else like it sounds like he's a pretty quiet kid um but he's a but he's a gym rat uh and the only two kind of stats i have for you is uh do you know what his first name is i read this somewhere because for uh, for those for those wolves fans who cherished that one magical season a, a couple of years ago with pat and some you know and vando and malik shake's first name is malik interesting and uh shake actually comes from his nickname milkshake well, according to our friends over at Wikipedia, uh, it was nicknamed Sniper Shake. So that makes no sense to me. I thought it. I thought I read this. Like his dad's name was like nickname was the Milkman. So if then that's he was true. Milkshake. Oh, my, I, if that's I true, mean, he gets to start. If I just made that up in my head and like dreamt that or something, I don't know. It's getting late. That, I, I, that I might do, be the case. But. I do. I that, that when that all popped off right over the fourth, that one was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, you know, there, there's like the Bruce Brown thing, which was literally not possible. And then the Dante DiVincenzo thing, which like not similar players, but probably maybe filling a similar role on this team. And then that wasn't really possible with how much he got paid from New York. The Shake Milton one was exciting. Yeah. Uh, not a big offseason. I mean, the biggest domino was always going to be if you can keep Nas, you keep Nas. I've said my piece on Troy Brown. I hope he hits. But I also if he doesn't, there's guys behind him that are ready to play. Uh, but Shake Milton uh is the one guy even if you even if you include Nas who I we always love but Shake's the guy who probably could carve out the biggest role this next season because they need what he does and he again going back to this point guard position which I know it's multi-positional players on this team but they just don't have a really successful option behind Mike and I just don't think Mike's capable of playing more than 60 games and that's now you're talking about 25% of your season you don't really have <laughs> a primary guard to play next to Ant. And that's yeah, a big if he deal. Misses a, if, if Mike misses a month, like what does that look like on this team? Is, and that could really, I mean, I want to say swing a season, but, you know, does, if Mike Conley has to miss a month and the Wolves go five and 14 in that month rather than, you know, nine and six or whatever, like that's a, that's a, that's a pretty big, that's a pretty big difference. And I, there's going to be a lot of reliance on Shake Milton as, as security because, yeah, maybe if Mike isn't playing, it's more Ant at, at point guard. But we know that they don't want to go all the way that direction where Ant is the one point guard on, on the floor. They, they don't want to have that. And, yes, there's Jordan McLaughlin, who's the traditional point. But... If Shake, who made 38% of his threes this year, has made 43% in a, a separate year, like that's a pretty big difference in comparison to what we think we can reasonably expect uh out of out of Jordan McLaughlin. So yeah, I I, I think he's a guy that actually has a lot relative to a five million dollar signing, has has a, a lot on his shoulders. And I know they were looking at a couple other guys in 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 that sort of area. And ultimately when you couldn't get the DiVincenzo, you couldn't get some of the bigger money players. Uh, they, they went with this, the combination of shake Milton and Troy Brown instead. And 
because it's two of them rather than one. And if the opportunity, like one of them is probably going to need to deliver this season. If the wolves have, you know, trappings on being a high forties win team. And much like Troy Brown, uh, kind of one in one deal. Right. So yeah. Player team option on the second year. So team option. Yeah. yeah so it might be a, just a one year thing. Uh, just for research purposes, Shake Milton's Instagram handle is Sniper Shake. So one point for me. Uh, do you have any? Somebody uh, look this up. Do you have other smart stuff to say? Because I was just going to throw no. off some like bottom things on my notes here that I think you could touch I, on. And also, I, I am done. I just felt like no, that's good. I had not hit on Troy Brown Jr. or Shake Milton because of the Fourth of July, and I want to make sure to uh, get that in there. Bottom things on my note page. Uh, but first one I'll throw to you, Jalen Clark. Two way. Two way, just because that kind of came out today, day mm-hmm. one. Uh, I don't think it was really like talked about too much. It's not that exciting, but just want to explain again for people like me, like you signed a two way, what that means. Yeah. Uh, they, again, as of July 7th, they have an open roster spot. My numbers say about two and a half million below the tax line. So you can bring in a veteran minimum player, would have about a $2 million cap hit. I would guess that's what happens because it's still li- leave them with about half a million and space underneath there to be able to right if you want to make a trade some point during the season you want to wave somebody or partially you know um you, you could leave that spot open but they have flexibility right now below the tax to bring in an, an austin rivers for the minimum and austin rivers who is there today uh sitting courtside he, with the the when team he sometimes walked- that stuff is it, i i don't know but sometimes that stuff is a context clue Austin Rivers is phenomenal. Like he came down and chopped it up with us when we were getting ready to interview guys. He uh, when he walked in the gym, I I know that they're pretty tight because we talked about how Ant and Austin had lockers next to each other, and that was kind of his vet. Uh, Ant lit up when Austin walked in. Austin Rivers, whatever he does moving forward, if he's the next perk, Godspeed, he's going to be great <laughs> at it. Um, but okay, so Jalen Clark signed two way. That's good. Leonard Miller still. I know we say he's on the roster, but he doesn't have any sort of contract situation, right? Yeah, uh, I I would assume it's going to end up being uh, a four year contract with it's now they have it's called the second round uh, exception. Um, that's the only way like a normal second round pick contract is just for two years, and and that's for like a million dollar cap hit. That's the advantage if you're the team of doing two years. Uh, if you do want to have them be on the team for four years, it needs to be a two million dollar starting contract. Uh, I would be shocked if it's if it's not a three or four year deal um and they have space to be able to do that so i think we can anticipate leonard miller signing a four-year contract here in the probably the next like 48 hours the other the big thing today uh mike conley won 2022 2023 nba sportsmanship award of the year uh as we said at kind of the top a lot of the guys for every team are in town i think carl's coming to town this weekend mike was on my flight with me really yeah you know who was on my flight Joe Cronin, Blazers GM. Yeah, we're so coming tr- from different. Yeah, I, I tried to uh, just for the people who want to trade cat. I tried like airdropping him some cat highlights. Like, hey, Joe, have you seen this guy play? Um, but no. So yeah, shout out to Mike, great guy. But yeah, the Wolves are all in town. I imagine we'll get some sort of like, I don't know formal thing down the road, right? With Ant and like a contract extension and like that big announcement. But uh, just cool to see. Another year of summer league day one. This thing goes on way too long. You're here for like a week, so thanks for, thank you for your service. But uh, my one of my biggest things to circle it all the way back because all this is cool and Leonard Miller's fun and Nas Reed and Nikhil and all those guys. 
this whole franchise is tied to one kid. And it's not Leonard, and it's not Josh, and it's not Wendell. It's Anthony Edwards. And he signs that contract extension over the fourth. It's a really big moment for this team. And the cool thing I saw today is that this is a melting pot of fans and diversity and you know all these different jerseys. I saw a Luke Herringody jersey today from the Celtics. There were as many Anthony Edwards jerseys as there were any other player. And we're in kind of the, you know, the West Coast, like a lot of LeBron yeah. jerseys still. Uh, it's really cool to see. I think we're still seeing it. He is not the face of the league. He's not the third face of the league, but I think he's going to be it one day. And you're just seeing all these different sizes and faces and you know boys and girls and all these different people all wearing ant jerseys. And he's not playing, right? This is what Wemby's playing, all these guys. So I just thought that was really cool. He he dominated sitting courtside. He did a couple, obviously, little viral hits talking about how he would have killed these guys if he would have played in summer league. Uh, one of the saddest moments of my life is that he didn't get to play in it because he would have been as fun as Blake Griffin's rookie year stuff. But uh, it was cool. It was cool to see this team that is kind of built on the backs of this young kid. Uh, he's starting to kind of get that recognition more nationally, not just locally. So, uh. Day one, you've got six more days left. The Wolves have a couple nights off. Uh, but then next week, it's just basketball, basketball, basketball. But Yeah, well, uh, I'm figuring out some guests for pods and stuff. Uh, I don't, well, we'll we'll get that out there. I think I have a, a good one on the books, um, but I don't want to, what is it, over-promise and uh, under-deliver. Better than, better than so, me? <laughs> no, no, not better than you, Kyle. Um yeah, I think that's a, a a good place to leave it. I'll, I don't know, just be checking the feed. There'll be there'll be pods coming uh, over the course of the next week, and maybe might even save one or two uh, that I might release after I'm back uh, in Minneapolis from from summer league. But as always, appreciate you uh, doing this with me. You got another thing? You're Yo, and, and if you don't, in the times we're in right now, and I don't know when I'm supposed to post all my dumb shit, whether it be threads or Twitter or whatever. Because you don't do this well enough for yourself and the self-promotion. If you're listening to this and you haven't already, like, do subscribe. Subscribe to the podcast because we don't always know where the content's going to be posted at. But we know that it's going to be in your feeds, whether you're on Spotify or Apple or whatever your podcast. Subscribe to Dane's pod. He works well, that ass off. And it's important because there are going to be moments where we don't know what social media app exists. And the we've talked about this all day. Like. We are going to do more work and more content and more podcasts this next season. This thing keeps building. So subscribe to the pod if you can. That way it'll auto download. You'll have it and we'll keep firing off content. No, that that is actually because, yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm not going to start doing threads or whatever until I, I have to. I'm still doing my social media stuff through through Twitter. But I understand. I actually don't even understand how it doesn't work right now. But I told it doesn't work as well anymore for for people uh consuming it so if you were a person who was noticing the pod through tweets and maybe you can't do that now that is that is a good reminder to just make sure your podcast app is is reminding it reminding you that it exists i appreciate those of you who listened to a 70 minute podcast um on summer league and Kyle, thank you for letting me talk about Shake Milton and and Troy Brown Jr. as well. Um, yeah, I'll be here uh, over the course of the week, so we'll get a couple more pods. 
Uh, he's Kyle Tige. You can follow him on Twitter. Do you want to like plug? I don't even know how to plug threads. I'm not going to do it. I'm not doing threads until I have to do threads. So I'm not doing threads until I have to do threads either. My Instagram family or my friends is completely different from my Twitter. My yeah. Twitter friends are the ones that we take our shirts off and we rip shots. And we drink margaritas. My Instagram family is like literally my grandparents. <laughs> like I usually have clothes on in those photos. So uh, yeah, add Kyle Tige. But uh. Appreciate everyone that listened. It's really fun to do this. Appreciate we, we can't really do this without people that listen to this podcast. So I sure. try to plug that as much as I can. Also, as many ant jerseys as I saw today, saw ten times as many Timberwolves fans from all corners of the world. Guy in a Al Jefferson jersey. So thanks to everyone that listens, supports me, supports Dane, supports everyone that covers this team, and uh, there'll be a lot more to come. Uh, he's Kyle. I'm Dane. I'll be back with another pod for you probably. Um, early next week. Until then, again, he's Kyle. I'm Dane. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah, green it all so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever ever bring you down. Yeah, hope you dancing like nobody else around. Yeah.